From the University of Hartford, Coach John Gallagher. Coach, uh, first of all, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. Jared, great to hear from you. How are you, my man? Doing terrific. Coach, uh, just right off the bat, what was what was your first impression when you uh, when you got the news that uh, the program would be moving from D1 to D3? You know, I, if you know me at all, look, I, I always try to take the positive outlook on everything. So, um. I don't like, you know, when I first heard it, obviously, you know, it's a gut punch. But we've had the four best years in the history of the school, back-to-back conference uh, championship appearances. One got canceled because of COVID. The other one we won. Next year will be the best team in school history um, with everybody returning and everybody staying committed. But, look, at the end of the day, you know, my college coach was Phil Martelli, who's now the associate head coach at Michigan. Coach Martelli called me and said, at the end of the day, you're not beating City Hall. Right? City Hall makes a decision. You know, so why are we – I'm not going to sit here and cry about it and you know, live with resentment. Um, we got two years of, you know, of you know, still being NCAA qualified. You know, they, don't, they don't go to Division Three until 2025. And I have a thing called the Neighborhood. So next year we're going to make it really neighbor uh, a neighborhood feel, and we're going to play for the neighborhood next year. So you're going to take it sounds like you're going to take a negative and turn it into the best positive you possibly can for you, your program, and your kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple opportunities to leave. Obviously, when you make the NCAA tournament, it's never been done in a school, and you have the four consecutive years. You, you get you get calls. The reality is. If I would have left this time, what's that say? Because I knew we were in a crisis. I knew we were, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to live with myself for the next 50 years. You fight this fight. You try to stay Division One. You try to, you know, let hopefully people look at the facts and, you know, cooler heads prevail. But at the end of the day, you can't blink. You can't duck. You got to be a guy that, you know, if they if they do this, I'm going to be the last guy leaving the ship because that's how we roll. Coach, uh, you mentioned making the tournament in the first time in program history. Y'all took on Baylor. Uh, once you once that game was over, did you know that there was no doubt Baylor would win the national championship? And were you pulling for them? Does it make it easier to say our season came to the to an end from the uh, national champions? It was 14-13. We were up with that at under eight media timeout. And I said to my staff, you could, if you go back and watch the game, you can see CBS hone in on me. They hone in on me. And then my line to the staff was, we should be up 14-5, not 14-13. And we threw really good punches at them. You know, we, we guarded them great in the beginning of that game, in the first 13 minutes of that game, and uh, really stayed connected. They just overwhelm you. I mean, they're that good. They're that talented. And, um, you know, Scott, you know, other than Jim Calhoun, Coach Drew has done, you know, they both, you could, you, they're on the same level. The, both, the best rebuilding jobs in America were UConn and Baylor. Wow, that's high praise. High praise. Coach, uh, one of the things that, uh, that the study showed was that the university would save about $9 million. Uh, was was the pandemic a part of this, or, or was this already in, in, 
in the works before before the yep. pandemic. So we have a group called Friends of the Neighborhood, okay, and they're you know very they're they're, they're guys that you love having you in your corner. You know, if you want to get to be a governor of the state of Connecticut, you got to know some of these guys in the neighborhood. They paid for another uh, report by Andy Schwartz, um, who saved UAB football. It's actually nine hundred thousand dollars, not nine million. Okay, uh, that that is a fact. So it's it's not disputable. It's not they're going to save nine hundred thousand dollars. So what 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 do I you know their report's different than our report or the neighborhood's report? I look. At the end of the day, this is something they wanted to do. You know, they talked about money, 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 and then in their release, they said it had done nothing to do about finances. At the end of the day, why are we like? like I can't fight that fight. I got to coach this team. Everybody committed to stay in the play, and you know they stayed. So we're going to focus on winning a couple games in the NCAA tournament next year. And then we figure out where our next move is, okay? We figure out, do we stay? Do they figure out and have a lightning, an aha moment? They say, you know what, we're going to stay Division One. That's what my hope is. So how does this change your approach to recruiting, or does that factor in at all? I just got the best. I, got, I have the three best transfers coming in that I've ever got. I got a nucleus of kids. I mean... Does it change it? It makes it more riveting, you know. Come join the neighborhood when we're on our last, you know, on our last leg. You want to come and, you know, this is this is a place where we're going to face adversity like men. All right, we're not squirrels here. We're bears. We're we're lions. We're we're hawks. You know, we're we're not little squirrels running around. We don't face. We don't duck here. You know, that's what I said to these recruits. And you know, at the end of the day. I went all in. I went all in. My wife, uh, I think, was tr- laughing at me because, you know, we had a couple opportunities for my fa- At the end of the day, fellas, well, how do you want to be remembered? A guy that runs when the adversity hits? Come on. Let's face it like men. Let's, let's take, it, take it head on. Great life lesson for, uh, for, your, uh, for your young men and in your program. It's great. You know, it's a great opportunity for them. We're going to schedule a lot of, we got Duke. We're trying to get three or four more high major games on it, on the schedule. Um, And look, we're a team that can win a couple games in the tournament next year. We have the experience. We have the toughness. um, And uh, look, this is my 12th year. You know, we've been on a great roll. And, uh, you know, I, I think the next five years, you know, would be historic here. We'll see how it plays out. But, look, at the end of the day, uh, you know, resentment and anger are bad rooms in a bad house. Yeah, so I'm a, not going to live there. That's a great point. Do you think this is an isolated incident, or do you think some other schools are going to take a similar approach as Hartford? Totally isolated. I think uh, there's 351. I think there's about 25 more of them going to go Division One. Uh, they're trying to go Division One throughout America. So uh, to answer your question, I think it's isolated. There's been two that have done it in the last, uh, I guess, since 1973. Uh, one of them is about to close, and the other one's not doing well. So I don't know w- what the trends are. I know uh, 
I, I know I'm the basketball coach of the neighborhood team, uh, and we'll figure out how long that is. But at the end of the day, I love living here, and I love coaching here. And this is uh, a place that we are really close to going deep into the NCAA tournament. And I'm telling you, we're really, really close. So that's all my focus is in. You know, I, I can't worry about City Hall. I got to worry about coaching uh, basketball. Coach, we, we've never met, and uh, it is a pleasure to visit with you. I hope you win about 30 basketball games next year. I love your attitude. I love your approach. Hey, take care of those kids and go win some games next year. I really appreciate you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I recruited Texas a lot in my, in my time. And my old assistant is the head coach of Texas Commerce, Jared Von Rosenberg. Uh, I love Texas. The only thing I don't like about Texas is the Cowboys, but that's okay. There you go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. Philly. I hope Guess you win what? 28 games now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 I will say this. I love Dallas. I love the city. But the Cowboys, I was an Eagles fan. My, my family still has season tickets to the birds. And, <laughs> and, and you'll love this story. So I'm golfing one time. You know, Mike Golick's a friend of mine. And uh, I'm golfing one time. And the, about the fifth hole, Golick says to me, uh, what's your team? I said, the Eagles. He says, I played for the Eagles. I said, Mike, I was at every one of your games as a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> he, said, name, he said, name me your favorite game. Like He was like, question. I said, the body bag game. He said the body bag game. I said, "Yeah, Redskins Monday night." I said, "We heard eleven. We heard eleven of the Redskins. They had to have Brian Mitchell finish the game as the quarterback. He was dying. Late. He could. He couldn't believe it. But needless to say." The neighborhood uh, is moved up to Hartford. <laughs> so, hey. Coach, you got to understand, you're an Eagles guy. I'm a Cowboys yep. fan. And this guy running the, the mothership here, he's a Washington fan. So we've got the NFC East covered if we can find a Giants fan. But I don't know that you can find a Giants <laughs> fan. You know what's funny? I, I My next-door neighbor is a Giants fan, right? And uh, on Eagles game day, this is how I do I have four kids. My son's seven years old. My son makes us get up in the morning and blast the Eagles fight song, Fly Eagles Fly, right? <laughs> so we go through, when we beat New England in the Super Bowl, that next morning I drove the kids to school, right? Every kid has a Brady shirt on. That, you know, we come in, we have the Nick Foles shirt on, we're blasting it. The teacher, right? The teacher's like looking at me like, and I'm literally blasting it in a parking lot. And my son's up on the sunroof. Seven-year-old kid screaming, "Fly Eagles, fly!" Oh, that's awesome. So, what do you think about their first week game with Atlanta? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the birds look as I would say, and I think we're in a transition time. You know, we're in a trans. I love them, I root for them, but I'm not blinded by them. I'm not sitting here saying that. Uh, you know, we're in a transition time. I really, I really think we have to get our identity back. And to win in the NFC, and I've said it from – it's about the defensive line and offensive line. That's how you win in the NFC. It's why we were great. Uh, you know, in, in Andy Reid years, we had the best offensive line, right? Yep. Now, you know, your offensive line, you have to be deep. That's the thing about – you You got to have – because inevitably, somebody on the offensive line gets hurt at some point during the year. That's a fact. That's a fact.
Hey, Coach, again, thanks, man. Uh, go win some games. This is fun. I appreciate your time and, and wish you the very best of luck. And if you ever want to have me on on a Friday before an Eagles-Cowboys game, we'll have some fun. Okay? We will. It's going down. By golly, we will. You can write that one <laughs> okay. down. Sounds good, Coach. Right. Thanks. Have a great I day. I appreciate you guys. See ya.